Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I am your host, Huzefa, as always. And today in this episode, we are continuing the trends of interviewing folks who are trying to be on the forefront, the merging of technology and education and really trying to push things forward. And today I have a gentleman named Edward C. on the show. He is the director of strategy from a company called Nui Tech. So Tech is an award-winning multi-touch software developer, and their vision is to change the way people interact with technology through the mission of making the interface between users and technology more natural. Their multi-touch software product, Snowflake Suite, and its customized software solutions are used in over 60 countries by SLS, OEMs, media firms, Fortune 100 companies, and government organizations. But the reason why I'm having them on the show is not only because of their footprint in the world of big business, but because of what they are trying to do and doing in in the world of education. But I'm not going to tell you about that. I'm going to let Edward talk about that. So without further ado, Edward, welcome to the show. Thanks, Uzepa. It's great to be here, and I'm really excited to have an opportunity to talk to your audience with Scalar Learning. Yeah, and I'm super excited to have you on. And let's let before we jump into Nui Tech, tell us about yourself and your background. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I have been working in the world of education and technology for over 10 years. Most of that time was at Smart Technologies, where I was one of the primary inventors of the first interactive multi-touch table product for education, the Smart Table. And so uh, from there, I've taken a lot of that experience. My background is uh, mostly in the research domain, and I've been able to apply it to the work that I'm doing here at Nui Tech, uh, where we've been. I've been looking at the strategy from the perspective of our education business and where it might go. Um, we're particularly focused on mobile creation, uh, a lot of learning with video. So there's there's a lot of things that we're trying to to kind of push the boundaries as. Uh, for for learning. And can you just tell us a little bit about, you mentioned you worked on, what was it, a smart uh, table? Yeah. Can you just tell Um, us a little bit about that? You bet. The smart table um, was a product primarily designed for kindergarten to grade three education. And it focused a lot on very simple activities that you can do with a multi-touch activity between say two to four learners that really enabled like the the focus of it was kind of group learnings and agreement so a lot of uh, what we did is we had simple activities where two students had to agree like so for example in a multiple choice activity each student had to move one of the 
one of the learning elements or one of the answers into the middle, and they both had to gr agree on the same answer, otherwise the, the answers would be kicked out. Uh, and that agreement really enabled a lot of negotiation above the table. That kind of in, in negotiation, discussion um, was the really important part of this particular product. Another thing that we, we did was we looked at the motor skills of younger learners, and we found that really this is where a, a multi-touch or natural user interface, or NUI, um, really shines. It's the ability to kind of cross along the side of an object and pick up an object along the way made it easy for students, especially young learners that don't have fine motor skills, to like turn puzzle pieces or move objects on the table. So there was a lot of kind of enabling simple, um, like enabling group agreement or agreement, like agreement for any global actions and also enabling uh, learners with kind of motor impairments to, to use the table. We actually uh, wrote a paper about how the smart table enabled a universal design for learning. Um, and these are kind of areas that were pretty, pretty new. It was actually just off of, like, it's from the research community. Uh, the multi-touch tables were really kind of an invention from there. And, you know, that's how um, that ended up in, in the education space. Actually, prior to education, I was... Uh, working on, it's interesting, it was like games was kind of an area. Um, I, I did an internship with Mitsubishi Electric Research uh, Laboratories, and we worked on one of the, the early multi-touch tables, the diamond touch table. And on that one, you know, I created a, a system, this is during my PhD, um, I created a system that enabled voice and gesture on an interactive table. Uh, and it was using like existing games. So I don't know if you've like played uh, Warcraft Three, for example. Um, but in in that game, uh, we made it so that you could use two hands on either side. You could say like label these as like Unit One, and then Unit One move here or attack here. Um, it was kind of it used voice, the voice commands along with gestures that you could do on the table. Uh, and it was from there that we realized that these tables have a lot of capability that uh, were not possible with it, tr the traditional keyboard and mouse uh, interface. And so from there, uh, us and a number of researchers have moved towards uh, NUI's natural user interface. I mean, this is uh, at a time before, I'd say before the iPhone, before a lot of the, you know, the, uh, the mobile devices that we all have in our hands. And so uh, this work was uh, really interesting. We got a lot of uh, press, and we we had like the BBC, we had CNN. It was on the AP Newswire. Like we we had a lot of people very interested in the potential and possibilities of this work. And so we we continue that work, and and we find that many of the same principles apply to to education, in that. Many learners, um, yeah, they're they're struggling, but it just makes computing easier for everyone to access. So many people who are younger are able to access computing at a much younger age, and many uh, learners who are, uh, say, a lot older are still able to access, even if they do have some kind of uh, motor impairment or tremor, for example. Uh, so that's one of the things that really excites me about uh, the natural user interface and why I think that there's a lot of 
potential in this space for for growth. And I and now, I can I can I can tell you. Sorry, I just wanted to throw a couple things in. I can tell you, working in education, working in schools, working with students, having that that user interface, whatever it could be for younger kids that they can touch and move things around. It's super beneficial. And by the way, you know what's interesting too? The fact that you have a background in video game design. I interviewed a few weeks ago the CEO of a company that is creating a 3D video game for calculus. I love that crossover in, from video game to education using a lot of those skills and using the understanding of basically creating engaging, really, really engaging products for students and young people and then translating that into powerful education tools. So I think that makes a great combination. And you were continuing to talk about education. Sorry, if you could keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty exciting what you mentioned about um, you know the, the game aspect. I do think that right now within education, there is real opportunities um, for making content very engaging and very relevant. Uh, if we look at the, the types of activities that are available to learners today, um, they are very interactive. They are very responsive. Uh, whereas many of the things in school is, is very directive. Like it, it's very kind of sage on the stage, uh, a person presenting and the learner is expected to be the sponge. But without that interactivity, we find that the retention is still really low. It's very easy to, to forget or to ignore. And so uh, as a result, I think that I see the the power of the the natural user interface or NUI uh, as something that will enable uh, learners to explore new forms of creativity. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, just like a loving parent will expose their kid to, you know, dance lessons and music lessons and art without the expectation that they're going to succeed at all those different uh, aspects, they we expect that the same thing will happen with a multi-touch surface. It's not that on your phone you can do, like it's possible to do video editing on your phone, but, uh, and it's not necessarily as good as a professional tool like Adobe Premiere, but it gets you there faster. And learners at a much younger age are going to be able to edit videos on their phone using the, the natural interface that's available there. And I see that as like there's lots of forms of creativity. Maybe it's music production. Maybe it's video creation. Maybe um, there are things that people do with words or you know, like tweeting, for example. Um, those are all examples of new forms of creativity that are just enabled using the, the natural user interface. And I think that's where the multi-touch really stands out is not necessarily being better, but introducing uh, students to many new types of creative expression. And I see that like creative expression as really, really important these days because we, we see just a real struggle of relevancy inside the classroom, uh, many students asking, like, how am I ever going to use this? You know, what is, like, what is this for? I remember especially reading about um, some of the, the statistics around mathematics or some of the, um, some of the, the data collection that uh, they had found among teachers. And this is always challenged. It's like, how do I, how do I make it relevant? How do I make it relevant to them? And uh, I've often felt that uh, creativity, which is something that I focus on a lot, is very closely related to expression, like personal expression. And it's like 
creativity is an expression of who I am as an individual. And that is also very closely related to intrinsic motivation. So when you are able to express yourself through the work that you do, then you're automatically going to be motivated. Um, the the way that I, I describe it is, you know, for me, when I was growing up, you know, school was really boring and it was not something that I was engaged in. I, I, I didn't like school at all, actually. And I found that, you know, it was a seventh grade French language arts teacher uh, that kind of said, hey, you know, I noticed you're really creative and I noticed that, you know, you really like to express it, express it through your writing. And they just gave a lot of opportunities for, for that kind of those opportunities for writing and you know, expressing it and presenting it to the entire class and finding that that was something that, hey, I really enjoyed doing. And as a result, uh, from then on, I've, I've always been really motivated uh, for learning because I saw school not as this thing where you just had to soak in knowledge, but you had to go and create something new and you were able to express yourself through through the work that you do. And so that's one of the reasons why I talk about this notion of homework worth doing? What is homework that you would want to do at home? Um, and I often feel that it's stuff that's closely related to, you know, an expression of who you are. Uh, it's not that Minecraft is the most amazing graphic subsystem out there, but it does allow you to create something that you are proud of, that you do want to share with other people. Uh, and, and a lot of social media is, is related to that, that notion of pride. You know, what is it that people are proud to share uh, with their friends, proud to share with their colleagues? And so we want to be able to tap into that because once you've tapped into their uh, their mode of self-expression, then you really can't stop them from learning. And so to me, that's the, the exciting part about um, the multi-touch interface is that it gives that opportunity for self-expression. Um, and you, we were talking a little bit about uh, games earlier. Like, I'm interested in games, uh, but I think that uh, the approach that I have is, is slightly different in that I'm, I'm more interested in people creating games and being creative and being able to express themselves inside the, uh, the game rather than having the, like, it's not the characters and the points that are, are really important. It's the expression. It's the people treating it as an art form, as a medium where they can, uh, they can show or they can talk to others about, you know, what's, what's important to them. I think I think that's a, a huge point. Now, it, I, I want to jump back to the point that you mentioned about relevance. And this is probably one of the most asked questions that I get as a math teacher, math instructor, math curriculum creator is, why? Why do I, why am I learning this? And I feel as though a large amount of educators, at least if not the majority, but I assume it's got to be the majority that shy away from that question. Just do it, right? Just do the math homework because you're supposed to do it. Uh, I always try and make an effort to explain everything whenever a question is brought up as to why is this important or why do I need to know it. I've even created – I'll send this to you, by the way. I've created a video, a five-minute video trying to explain the applications of most of the math that's learned in middle school and high school. Tell me mm. about what I want to know is Nui Tech – and you guys talk about bringing relevance to education in your in the YouTube videos, which I think is amazing. T walk us through it. How How is Nui Tech able to, to do that? Yeah, so that's a great question. And 
I want to like just step back to what you mentioned about the why. Uh, we're in an era right now where the why is often more important than the than the what, like what they're learning. Instead of just like delivering the content, why you're learning that content is as important, if not more important than that, because we're in an age where a lot of knowledge is available, like on the internet is available through online video. Uh, one of the things that I often say is that the biggest educators are not teaching in a classroom. They're teaching online. They're teaching with these YouTube videos that somebody can watch. Maybe they have a million views. That's bigger than any classroom or any MOOC that exists. And I think that really um, that, that question of relevancy is one of the things that this is one of the reasons why I emphasize a lot on on YouTube videos is because you can see like the relevancy can be measured by things like views. You can see a video that has maybe a million million views per video and you look at what what is going on? Why is this person uh, so successful? Um, I, I look at you know great YouTube creators like uh, Matt Pat. Uh, with you know the video game theories or game theories or film theories, I mean these are taking the things that students love, the things that they are obsessed about outside of school, and then applying school concepts to them as well in, in an extremely relevant way, and they're rewarded. They're rewarded with tons of views. They're rewarded with the opportunity to potentially make a career out of out of these uh, the creation of these videos. However, there is a challenge, and and the challenge is related to um, the psychological. The psychology studies say that people who watch videos have a really high confidence that they understood the material. But if you were to do a test or exam them. Uh, on on those materials, you'd find that actually the retention was extremely low. They don't remember a lot of the things that was presented, even though they were engaged the entire time. And so as a result, there is that need for the hands-on component. You, you need to try it. You need to do the exercise. You need to, like when I, when I talk about like learning anything, I mean, I learned how to develop my undeveloped basement, my unfinished basement. I learned how to fix my car using YouTube videos. You know, there's just a ton of things, but then I actually had to go and do it physically with my hands. You know, that that kinesthetic, that that um, that that motion component is so important to learning, and that's something that we try to do with um, with Nui Tech. So with Nui Tech. We have uh, a number of, we call them uh, YouTube linked lessons. So the concept here is uh, quite simple. There is that we, we don't create the, the most popular lessons, we link to them. Uh, and we recommend, you know, you watch the video first and then there's a number of interactive activities. And typically these ones are touch activities. They could be like a pairing activity, an order, like a sorting activity. They could be, you know, put things on a map. Um, that are complementary to the the really great content that is already available on YouTube, and we we see that as a a way that uh, going forward may be a more powerful way of learning. We're finding that the the old style of kind of lecture based instruction is quickly being replaced by the newer form of watching videos with really great 
editing where they they take the same kind of concept that you would see in an hour lecture and they present it in maybe three to five minutes, the core concepts. And then you can spend most of your time in the class doing the exercises and doing the activities rather than listening to somebody talk. Uh, and that's the feeling is that you within uh, Nubi Tech, we, we definitely feel that you learn a lot more when you create than when you listen. And so our, our focus is very much on the, the hands-on component. And we want people to be able to, uh, to not just create, like say, using their hands, but maybe we want them to create new activities, for example, or we have other ones such as mind maps that you can create uh, using our Snowflake software now, these are types of examples of um, you can create a game, you know, that other student that you can share with other students that they can play as well. Um, you can add sounds to it. You know, you can make it very, very you. Right. You can make it very, very much an expression uh, of who you are or what's important to you. And th this, is, this is almost a, a project based learning uh, approach. Is, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Like it's. It's. I think more related to uh, inquiry-based uh, learning. Like, yeah, it could be, you could consider the video as a project, uh, as a starting point, but who knows where they're going to go. Maybe they want to create a collage or maybe they want to create a mind map or, you know, like there's just different aspects that you could ask them to do or maybe create a game. Um, but really the, the learning can be more directed to their interests. And I think that's the key here in terms of relevancy is there's a big gap between the things that, say, a teacher um, knows about. Like, I remember uh, at the VidCon conference, uh, the big YouTuber conference, I, uh, I spoke with some YouTube engineers, and they said that, yeah, really, like, some of the most watched, like, the people that especially, uh, they talked about the uh, Gen Gen Zs, you know, the, the born year 2000 or uh, younger, they, they said that, you know, they're, some of the most the most popular celebrities among that group i think you know eight or nine out of ten of them are youtubers right and so really it it's like if you don't know who jake paul is or you know um logan paul or rice gum or those kind of things it's, it's kind of hard to have that that relevant discussion like they're living in a very different world with very different types of contexts and it's really the the students who kind of uh, who teach each other, who, you know, make the content relevant to each other, uh, that really ha helps with that relevancy. I think, you know, teachers alone uh, will will always have a problem just because their context is very different. Right. That makes a lot of sense. You know, what? the one thing that's amazing about, so, of course, math is my passion. Math education is what I focus on and what we focus on yeah. in terms of our tools and video products. I got to tell you, the when you talk about the importance of activity and creation uh, in concert with watching lectures and learning, nowhere do I feel is that more pronounced in mathematics. So I think that's amazing. <laughs> yes, you have the ability to watch videos, to rewind, to to understand the material at your own pace, but then coupled with the practice activities, I think that's where the real connections in the brain are made. So I, I want to talk really quickly about your your YouTube channel. We're talking about YouTube, Ed on EdTech. Tell us a little bit about that and the content that you provide there. Absolutely. So the 
concept with the Ed on EdTech channel was really to talk about how the world of education is changing the world of work and it's also changing the world of education. So uh, we we talk a lot about how new technologies are being introduced all the time. You see tech reviews, but a lot of parents are wondering, well, you know, given that all this tech is coming out, what does it mean for education? And, you know, myself, I don't consider myself the, an expert in the education side. I've interviewed a number of really great uh, thought leaders in the education space. But I think from the technology side, I feel that there's a lot um, that we can we can do in terms of thinking, well, what kind of new forms of creativity is going to be enabled by this technology, um, especially when it comes to storytelling? Like, what kind of story are like learners going to be able to tell with this uh, technology? And then the second question I often ask is, well, how does it scale? So um, we often talk about, like, in a classroom, you've got, you know, 30 30, 35 students, and you want, if you have to do one type of, say, data collection per student, I mean, that's a ton of effort. That becomes not feasible within within the time span of a classroom if you have to do it, say, like 10 times. Uh, and so we look at, well, what kind of technologies would just make it easier, will kind of reduce some of the burdens uh, that teachers have uh, to do things at scale. And I think technology is really, really great at scale. And that's one of the things I really like about uh, videos is that it's a scalable technology. Like, it doesn't matter if it's one person, 10 people, 100 people watching it, or 100,000 people or a million people watching it, um, the technology scales. And it's something that I see as, as very, very important because uh, in the long run, I see a type of education that is going to be available to everyone that may not be the best education that you can get, but will be certainly uh, adequate enough and accessible to a large uh, amount of the population. Uh, I 100% agree. And I mean, I think that in a, in a lot of ways, once once videos and curriculums become more and more dynamic, I think it could be just as, as impactful, if not more so, because of that ability to rewind, to play again, to, to proceed at your own pace. So I'm I'm such a big believer, and obviously that's a big part of what I do is create video curriculums. So Ed, yeah. I, I just I just want to throw out a, a big thank you for coming out, especially for an early show like this. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I know you got a busy schedule, so I'm gonna uh, thank you and and let you move on with your day. But before uh, we wrap up, can you tell us for people who are out there listening and they want to learn more about Nui Tech and your multi-touch technology? How can they do that? Absolutely. Um, what I'd recommend is if you want to learn a little bit more about Nui Tech, you can search for nuitek.com. That's the website. Or you can uh, search on YouTube for my YouTube channel called Ed on Ed Tech. So uh, the Ed Tech is one word. So Ed on Ed Tech, one word. All right. Awesome. And all that stuff will be posted in the show notes. So, of course, if you didn't hear that, you can always rewind. But if you would like to go to the show notes, you can check those out at scalarlearning.com in the podcast section. And make sure to check back on the regular for new episodes from Scalar Learning, always trying to get you the most up-to-date and relevant information in the world of education and ed tech. Thank you guys so much for joining. And I will see you guys next time. Take it easy. Learning, give me that skin.